Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the CardCast, episode 84, also known as the Mikhail Grabowski episode. Not many 84s as we just went over. Surprisingly few. I would have thought that with the age group that we're currently in, that we would have had some birth year 84s. I, not really. You'd think that, but I guess also, um, I think Crosby kind of actually was more of someone who pushed that trend. Now, I don't know if I'm, someone else well, who's in 87, right? Yeah, but someone who's really, defi- someone else who studied jersey numbers may be able to give a better answer to this, but I think you've seen more, um, I think you saw more kids start to use their birth year as a number because of Crosby, I think. Probably since that, yeah. and a lot of guys in the 90s now... Partly because it's cool and partly because it's your it's your birth year. So maybe that's more the case. Um, ha, I don't want to speak for both of us, but have we made it official that when we get to 100, we're going to start at double zero and move forward? Yes. So yes. we didn't start this until we got to episode 77, this mm-hmm. little bit about Jersey number, which was the Ray Bork episode. Yes. So we've been kind of enjoying it. So we've got a ways to go before we get to 100. This is 84. Yeah. It'll be... Well, within the second half of the season by then, mm-hmm. but uh, why not? So double zero, and then I've already made the executive decision that I'm going to let Sean pick episode 101 because it's like every goalie in history. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a very difficult choice, so I figure I'll defer to our goalie on that. Yes, one. but we do have a double zero, and you're really excited about That's that, fair. aren't you? All right, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of which there are a lot mm-hmm. of this. Which is episode 84, our uh, homage to Mikhail Grabowski, and uh, another star's win. And boy, they're starting to rack them up all of a sudden. Seven wins in their last eight after beginning the year one, seven, and one. Yep. So you went from the sky is falling, let's blow this entire mess up and start over, to hey, we can win the Stanley Cup. Who's better than us in the Central Division? Well, I mean, and I made this observation in my 2020 tonight. Literally a week ago, we were at Minnesota Wild. Minnesota Wild game late in the second period of three this nothing. Is, this is done. Like this is. Uh, we just saw the team lay an egg against Pittsburgh in the third period. They're getting run out of their own building by the Wild at three nothing in the second period. This team's done. Someone might be getting fired. A week later, here we are. <laughs> And the real difference is, in the last week, the Stars have scored goals. Yes. Because before that, they had a couple wins. Right before the Pittsburgh game, they had won three in a row, but they didn't score much. It was 2-1 wins, you know, really narrow, fighting, grinding it out. Mm -hmm. Now, you're seeing the puck go in the net. It's been, what, six in the the four games? In the four games now, it's but During this four-game win streak, it's been six goals, two goals, four and four, right? That's right. Yes, so... That's not Sim- a bad simple math. And, simple math is an average of four goals a game in the last four games. I, if I remember my stat correctly, I wrote it down earlier, but now I'm not. Six of the seven wins, right? They've gone seven and one in their last eight. In six of those seven victories, they have held their opponent to a single goal. Yes. That is a recipe for winning. Because if you can keep your goals against down, which they've done lately, and you can score some goals win a lot of hockey games. Yeah. The only negative, well, two. One, their power play wasn't very good tonight, although they did score a power play goal. Two, they took way too many penalties 
and a lot of unnecessary ones. On the flip side, their penalty kill was very good. I think the power. I mean, the power play. I think was actually slightly better than the numbers indicate. Okay. Um, I had the the one at the end, the four minute one, which we'll definitely talk about how there was a four minute power play. But the four minute power play was horrendous. But I actually thought the early ones. I thought they did a better. I job. did too. Yeah. Like, so I think the end of the power play left a bit of a sour taste, but you know what? They scored on the power play. I thought they got some good momentum from the earlier ones, so I don't think the power play was as bad as 1 for 7 looks tonight. Well, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. So the Stars score is 19 seconds into the game on technically their first shot on goal, but it was the second shot attempt. Mm-hmm. Jason Dickinson had his first attempt blocked, and the second one goes in. By the way, Dickinson's only in this position because Rope Hints is injured. Oh, it was a busy day. Wasn't Does it? Yeah. Oh, we have so much to talk about. Yeah. So the lightning round might be late, and it's already af- it's already Wednesday when we're recording this. I would like to get some sleep. Yeah. I know we have an off day tomorrow, but I don't want to sleep till noon. So it's an off day for you. I got to be at the rink at night tomorrow. Okay. Well, I don't know what you're doing, but there's no practice, so. Well, I got a Winter Classic jersey comes out tomorrow. Oh, so. that's right. So. Yeah. So I'm gonna watch that from home, I think. Yeah. Anyway, um, so. Dickinson scores because he's in the lineup centering uh, a line with Ben and Pavelski, right? Yep. But that's only because Rope Hintz got hurt and is not playing tonight. May not play. Likely won't play. Likely won't play Sunday. Probable Probable for Wednesday against Calgary, which is week from now today Mm -hmm. since it's past midnight. Yes. And so he scores the goal, but immediately challenged by Colorado, I should say, took them a minute. They were obviously arguing right away, but they eventually decided to challenge for goalie interference. Yes. The official explanation for the from the NHL, which, by the way, when we get those tweeted out, they're usually subpar they're as horrible. far as describing. They're horrible. But the, the explanation of this was there was no goaltender interference infraction before the puck went in the net. That doesn't necessarily say there wasn't goalie interference. It could have happened after the puck went in the net, but at that point, if the puck's in the net, you can—I mean, you can't just destroy the goalie. There might be a rough yeah. penalty there, but they said good goal, what? and it gave the Stars a power. Play. Moral of the story: This is a terrible coaching move. Like, we're, this is not a Colorado a challenge. Av- like, this is not a Colorado Avalanche car cast. However, if you were—if I was in the position where I'm covering the Avalanche right now, you're tearing them apart. What is what is your coach doing? Like, that is a situation where. With how these rules are set up right now, where if you lose that, it gives the other team a power play. You have to and be really sure. You have to be really sure. And there was no chance that one was getting overturned. Like, it didn't no, seem like there was enough no, there. Like, that was a terrible decision by the coach. That falls on the coach. That's that's a bad decision. Well, and here's the thing. In the previous years that goaltender interference was part on the coach's challenge list, you give up your timeout. You say, what the heck? I'm yeah. going to roll the dice. We lose our timeout. We'll deal. It's worth a shot. They changed the rules because they were tired of, of coaches using it as essentially a long timeout. Yeah. And so now there's a, of course, penalty if you get your challenge, if your challenge is unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. And some folks that weren't brushed up on the rule tonight learned about if you challenge once unsuccessfully, it's a two-minute minor for a delay of game. Yes. If you challenge any other times, second, third, fourth, you get a four-minute double minor, and that'll come into play later. Yes. So the Stars go on the power play. 
they don't score on that man advantage, but I thought they had a couple of yeah. good looks. And then they continue to they continue to generate play, kind of keep things in the avalanche. Yeah, Jamie Alexiak draws the holding call along the wall. Yep. That sets up another power play where they don't score, but they get momentum, they get things going in the end, and about... Ten seconds after the power play ends, Stars still kind of off the buildup of a power play. Foxes scores kind of a, gets gets one where I I use the word he created his own luck. Where Philip uh, Grubauer maybe looked a little bit helpless with how the puck bounced, but Foxa worked hard. He won the battle. He won the battle, and and it was kind of uh, both Fox and Dickinson got bounces tonight that where they worked hard and earned them, and those are two guys that hadn't really been getting those bounces this so far this season. So sometimes they go your way, and I think they were rewarded for the hard work in front of the net on Fox's goal there. Ironically, Sean, in the pregame buildup this morning, head coach for the Avalanche, and this is not an Avalanche car cast, I swear, but we're going to talk a lot about Jared Bednar tonight. Yeah. He said, we know, this, we know each other so well, we play each other a lot, there really aren't any surprises. It's going to come down to which team executes and which team has a bigger will to win. I'm yes. paraphrasing. It was something yes, yeah, about yeah. execution and will. Yes. On those two goals, the Stars had more will. Yes. 2 nothing Stars after the Fox goal. Uh, by the way, Fox and Como Cogliano, two games now back from Como's injury, and they have – it's like they, they never left. They've yeah. been fantastic, and they're such another element to the team when that line – is really rolling. It's an ideal third or fourth line, whatever you want to call it. Checking line. Depending on, yeah. Yeah, don't have to give it a number. They're a checking line. They can be a shutdown line. But when they're creating chances, which they had chances on Saturday against Montreal, and when they're scoring goals like they did tonight, I mean, man, you're really talking about it. So, 2-0. Stars had another couple of chances on the power play. And probably should have. They were 0-4 in the first period. Yeah. Now, part of it was... You know, a little bit of abbreviated, you know, one penalty, then another one the other way. Well, yeah, Kadri took a that dumb was, penalty. That was, that was, that was... They should have made him pay for that. There was four penalties tonight that the Avalanche took where, because I'm including the double minor that we'll get to. Yes. There were four penalties, eight minutes of penalty time tonight for the Avalanche where you would look at it at the next day and you they'll look at it after the game, not even the next day, and be like, um, what are we doing? What are we doing to yeah. ourselves here? Like... The Kadri one was terrible, and yeah. I'm glad the referees called it straight. Yeah. A lot of times they'll take them both because, uh, oh, they're doing it. He went after Joe Pavelski behind the net, mm-hmm. or it was sort of at the net, yeah. and then carried him behind. And you could see he was trying to get Pavelski to, to go. Yeah. Pavelski lost his helmet, lost his gloves, looked like he was ready to protect himself. And, of course, Kadri had his helmet on, gloves on, stick yeah. on. It's just going after him, and he got a penalty for it. Yep. Uh, but the Stars didn't make him pay. And then right in the final minute of the period, which is a real momentum shift, JT Comfer, who, by the way, is a very good hockey player. He looked good in Denver on Friday. He was very good in Denver on Friday. He was good tonight. Scores a really nice goal. And, you know, Ben Bishop didn't have a great first period. I'm going to chalk it up to he saw five shots on goal in the first. I don't think he – I thought he fought the puck uh, in the first and a little bit in the second early. Frankly, he wasn't in the game. No. And that's really how hard, Sean, you're no, a goalie. How hard is that you when don't, you don't get like, shots? That's not the type of game you want as a goalie. Like, that's the type of game where, like, you obviously want more action at the other end, but as a goalie, 
you'd rather have, like, it was 12 shots or 12 nothing yep. for, for Dallas before Colorado. Their first what shot. Was it, 16 six. minutes, 24 yeah, seconds? 16, 23. And you'd have. Uh, before their first before shot. Before their first shot. And they had power play time. So you'd be fine with, like, 12 nothing is a bit obscene. As a goalie, you'd like to see maybe, like, 12 3, 12 4. You'd like to see a couple come back at you. You'd like to make a couple saves. You don't want those first chances, A, to be coming on a power play like they did. Yep. And you don't want the grade-A chance, the it, first one. And, B, you want to feel the puck and get into the game a little bit. And even um, with the Stars, were, and this is – don't change anything about what the team did in front of them, but in the first period for the first 17 minutes. But oh, the stars, I mean, if you the don't start, give up shots, that's good. But the Stars were doing such a good job of keeping things down in the avalanche end. He didn't even get that involved in stick handling, which can be also another way for him to kind of get into the game. So right. That's a tough. It is a tough spot for Bishop where he's in that spot. Um, I wonder if he's getting cold because he yeah. was literally a spectator for the first 15 minutes. And some goalies can handle playing cold better than others. It, it's it's just a fact. Of, um, for example, um, Anton Hudobin actually plays better cold than than most than most. Um, Which and, is funny because even he, I've had this conversation yeah. with him within the last week. Says it's incredibly hard when you yes. sit there and you don't get anything. And, and Anton is very much a rhythm. Which, by the way, Sean, that game against Minnesota that we keep going back to. Yes. A week ago. Yes. When it could have been chaos. Stars score three goals and then a fourth. They have the lead. Yeah. Hudobin hasn't even faced a shot yeah. in the third period. And suddenly it was, I think it was Yoel Eriksson Eck. Yep. Had a quality look. It was four to three. Yeah. And it was four to three. It was on the left side of the slot. Could have he scores there? It's four four, and who knows what happens. Yep. And Hudobin hadn't seen a, a puck yeah. at that point in the entire third period, and he makes a huge shoulder save. Mm-hmm. And I asked him about it afterwards, and he said it's very hard to stay in the game when you don't eat when it's down the other end the whole time. Yep. And, and he is someone though who does a better. He's interesting because he's a goalie who's a rhythm goalie when it comes to starts. You notice he plays better when he has uh, when like he built off he he built he builds from one game to the other really well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing he does that some guys aren't able to do very well is he can come into a game cold or be at the other end and kind of stay in it mentally because I think it's a little bit just more about his psyche. Um, and I'm not saying Bishop isn't that way, but Bishop is a goalie who. If you notice how he plays, when he, when he gets five, six shots in the first couple of minutes, oh boy, what do we got? We got a drifter right there. We got there. a drifter. Yeah. Small old Ford Ranger, just yeah. not sure where his lane starts and stops. Yeah. Anywho, Ben Bishop. Oh. <laughs> it's those kind of yeah. traffic digressions that makes the car cast yes. unique. Yes. So ben and Bishop. we are required by our own laws of, of how we're doing this car cast to point those all out, right? Yes, we are. Yeah. So Ben Bishop, though, you notice he plays a stronger game when he gets those five, six shots in the first. Uh, he gets on. into it. He yep. gets into it, yeah. Yep, for so. sure. Okay, so second period, it's 2-1, to one, mm-hmm. and it's dangerous because, again, a couple of chances for Colorado. Stars took some penalties that were dumb, mm-hmm. and they get a goal and in the second period. It's 2-2. Two, two. Yep. Who knows what happens? Um I think it was in the second period. I'm trying to remember my notes in my head. The Confer on the rush, two-on-two, plays a cross pass over to Yost, far side of the net. Bishop makes a good save. It was early in the second. Yeah. Again, it was not a, it was not an on-man that, rush. Was that against the Hanley-Fadoon pairing? It might have been. Okay. But it was a pass yeah. sort of behind the other D, yeah, yeah. and Yost got around. That's the kind of play that, that changes the game. Yep. And that's why that was the big save for Bishop when yep. they needed it. And then the Stars... 
Uh, a couple things. First, Klingberg takes a shot to the face. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked like he was going right at his face, and he turned his head, and I think it hit him in the jaw, side of the head. I think so, neck. Okay, neck, somewhere neck, over like there. Just like this area. Now, now I'm, now I'm. It wasn't in these the, visuals. We're both on. doing visuals right now on a cart on, on a podcast. <laughs> I said jaw side of the face, so I just wait. You said neck, and you made a swirling motion. Yes. <laughs> Nobody can see what part of your neck you're talking about. <laughs> anyway. Klingberg got hit by the puck. He didn't leave the game. He went over to the bench, and we'll talk more about yeah, yeah. that later yeah. because we'll come back to that. But he comes back out, Sean, on the power play, yep. and the star score goal, and it's Roddick Foxa with his second of the night. Yep. And that goal is the one that's – this is a big talking point because Foxa scores with a broken stick. It is a – what happened is Klingberg takes the shot, and if you watch on the replay – Klingberg's shot breaks Fox's stick, and as the puck's laying there off the rebound off Fox's stick... So technically, stick, the save by uh, by Grubauer was on the tip play by Fox and not the Klingberg shot. Yes. So yes. I have to change my quality scoring chance, because I couldn't get a good look, yeah. view of that. So, yeah, so it's, it's, Klingberg's, anyway. it's, yeah, it's Klingberg's shot that breaks Fox's stick, and then Fox swipes at the rebound, and his stick fully, completely goes then. Right. But, and... It's and you can't play with a broken stick. Doing so is a penalty. Um, I believe I don't know the exact. I believe it's legal equipment. Is it is illegal equipment. Yeah, and penalties. so I think it might be a delay of game. Yeah. And so the avalanche equipment. challenges challenges call because second challenge by the coaches in the game. And as we stated earlier, if you lose another challenge, it becomes a four minute double minor, and which led to a really funny video clip on the internet. Yes, and so the avalanche lose this challenge. And you can see on the bench, it was captured where Bednar is, you can read his lips perfectly, says, why is that four minutes? Saying it to one of his assistant coaches. Yes. yes. One of his assistants looks up and kind of looks befuddled. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so that's obviously sparking a whole amount of outrage of people going, how do you as an NHL head coach yes. don't know the rules? As a, that, that's a bad look because you're, that's a bad look because somebody, um, you need to know that as a coach. Like, it's, 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 it's obscure, just, but you need to know it's that. It's possible he forgot. It's possible that it's the first time they've challenged us and had a second unsuccessful well, challenge. It was, it was the first time it's happened in the NHL. Ever. Yes. So history tonight, yes. folks. Yes. Now. Because they put the rule in place this year, and that was the first time it's happened. You went rulebook so. diving after the game. Yeah. What did you find? So here's the thing that's interesting. The Avalanche were challenging were challenging because they said, well, he scored with a broken stick. That's against the rules. It should have been blown dead when he played with a broken stick. In the theory or the spirit of the hand pass in the playoffs, that's an illegal play that's obvious to everyone, wasn't called, but should be overturned. Exactly. So here's the situation. Playing with a broken stick is not just a blown dead. It's a penalty. That's right. And so if you are going to, uh, when you go to the repute, the replay, you can't add a penalty. You cannot add a penalty to overturn a goal. They made the rule specific so that you're not re-officiating the game yes. through replay. And this is rule 38.10 if anyone wants to go rule book diving. Basically, they made it so if you, if, if even if the ref looks, even if someone in Toronto or the ref looks at the video and says, well, I was wrong, they can't go back with revisionist history immediately and say, okay, that should have been a penalty. Right. Because what they really don't want to happen is they don't want it to be a situation where all, if you could, if you could reverse it that way, all of a sudden you would have coaches reviewing things and challenging things where it's like, well, there should have been a hooking call. 
before that goal, or there should have been a tripping call before that. Yeah, you missed they, a high stick. Like they don't want it to be get to a point where we are having a to go to reviews for. They don't want to kill the flow of the game exactly too much. Right. So, which is also one of the the arguments used by Commissioner Gary Bettman when they instituted the punishment for unsuccessful challenges this off season yes. was we don't want the flow of the game to be interrupted. So. We are going to make coaches have to think twice before they challenge. Yes. And so the other interesting thing that comes out of this is, so there's, there's, I don't know why the, it's something, the avalanche bench looks bad for not knowing the four minute rule and, and, and how they handled things tonight. But then the other thing is, for me on this is, I don't know why the refs let them challenge it. For me, it's that's a situation where isn't isn't there some responsibility on the ref where the where if you're the coach and you say to me, hey, I want to challenge that because it would have been a it should have been a broken stick. The ref at that point should just say you can't challenge it. It's you're asking for a penalty call. That's something you can't challenge. And because this hasn't happened much, because yes. of the fact this is a relatively new rule this year, mm-hmm. maybe the refs aren't up on it either. Maybe they thought, okay, so I, I'll take it a step further. Why didn't the Situation Room in Toronto, who oversees these challenges, say, Oh, because they should know. Yes. Sorry, guys. Can't challenge it. Tell the coaching. Tell the bench. Yeah. Can't challenge. You can't overturn. Mm-hmm. That's where I, I mean, again, you're right. The ref should know, but the yes. no, I agree. Situation I agree. Room should really know. There, there's, there's, there's oversight here where someone should have stepped in. And they sat there. And, this wasn't a five-second no, challenge. Was, they went on for a little bit. No, this was a pretty lengthy challenge. and. It's um, so. Here's the thing. Based on what we've seen, it probably shouldn't have counted no. because it was a broken stick. Yes. But it was counted. Colorado can feel aggrieved about it, but what they really should feel upset about is being dealt a four-minute penalty for an unsuccessful challenge. But I and I don't know this, so I, I, I'm not up on this either. In the NFL. If you ch- throw out the challenge flag when you, t- you can't challenge it, they used I don't know if they still do this. They used to penalize them for it. Yeah, I think they do. So is that a, if you challenge on a play that you can't challenge, is that the same as – I don't know. I don't even know if the NHL knows because this would be the first time it happened. Yeah. I do think this – I think what happened tonight, though, I think – I would imagine it's going to be a case study – or discussed and brought up. I'm sure um, in the future. In the future, soon, whether that's whether that's the NHL talking to referees or GMs oh, talking about it at some point. It's something that we are going. It's a play that if you want to uh, put it into uh, keep it in the archives of the back of your mind, that isn't going to just disappear. What are the odds that this discussion ends up in Elliot Friedman's blog at some point in the near future? <laughs> Probably. It's an interesting yeah, yeah. thought too. It's not just because it's outrageous and weird. But it is also. Uh, looking for clarification from the yep. league. Um, okay, so they score. Fox is second. 3-1 is the score. They have a four-minute power play now. They get a four-minute power play. First minute, minute and a half, pretty good. Yeah. Pavelski had a rebound poke, just dribbled wide of the right post, looked like he almost knocked it in. But the second half, maybe the last two and a half, three minutes? Not good. Oh. Yeah. Kind of a, a buzzkill, right? Yeah. But you know what? They get to the end of the second period with a 3-1 lead. Could have been four. Tyler Sagan had a breakaway in the final minute. Yeah. And uh, was denied by Grubauer. Sean, once again, the Stars went five-hole a lot on Grubauer, and it didn't pan out that much tonight, as much no. as it did for Rope Hintz yeah. on Friday. Yeah. Well, 
I don't know if that's as much of the book on because I don't. There's definitely some talk about. There's that. definitely some talk about that. That's a good way to put it. But anyway, so you go to the third period, and Dallas had a really good start to the third. Yeah. Chances, 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 chances. Colorado wasn't doing much of anything, and Corey Perry scores. I didn't get a chance to ask Taylor for doing this because I'm upstairs doing the broadcast, but I think his shot was intentionally wide. Bruce thinks he missed the net. We were debating this. I think he saw that there was a lot of congestion and he shot it wide on purpose for that, you know, ricochet off the end boards. And what Corey Perry did to score on the the far side was really impressive. Yeah, two things on that. One, um, that's a goal scorer's goal by Corey Perry. I mean, the the get go and the speed and and and, and the overall plays not. It's a net front guy. But right? it's, it, yeah, but not everybody can do that. Yeah, that's 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 a presence around the net that is why he's still a valuable asset. Um, the other thing, and I don't know because we I didn't talk to Taylor after the game. Um, and probably. Maybe something I'll talk to him on third. Maybe something to broach subject on Thursday at practice because team is off tomorrow. That's right. But Farmers Branch on Thursday. The Stars do intentionally have their defensemen, um, and this is something they talked about even before the season started, where they've talked about using ex- extending the face of where the defensemen shoot wider to about four and five feet. This is wide. not just a Dallas thing. You know, this is not just Every Dallas. Every NHL thing. team yeah, yeah. does. But this is just something that. And, sure. And it's something where getting that puck through that first layer and that second layer, kind of getting it into that net area, and if you can use the boards. And stuff. So um, whether Fadoon did it on purpose on this instance, I will have to ask, but it is something that is in the playbook. doesn't necessarily matter if it was intentional or not, but I, I just wanted to give him some credit because yes. now Taylor Fadoon has six assists, most from a defenseman. Yeah. Uh, not the most on the team. I think Sagan has eight now. But nonetheless... Look, Fadoon, and this brings up the next point. At the start of the third period, John Klingberg was not out there and it was announced that he was out for the remainder of the game. Yep. And then after the game, kind of some bad news, Sean. Yeah, Jim Montgomery said John Klingberg will miss at least two weeks. Um, I would and, be surprised if it was more. And I would imagine it's probably going to be more because it was two weeks, and and then we'll see what he, the doctors say. I mean, that sounds to me like... I don't. I mean, I I rewatched the replay a couple times. Basically, it looks like his feet get tangled up under him. He said it. Jim Montgomery said it happened on that shot where he took the puck to the face. Very much like Como yes. in the first game. And so whether it's whether it's a knee or an ankle or whatever it is, those are the type of things that. I remember Como missed about a month. Yeah, he missed 14 games. Well, it was a packed month. But yeah, but, but he missed, if, he missed yeah, about four weeks. Yes, but it's the type of thing where those aren't the things to me when I look at it are two-week injuries. Those You're suggesting there's more than two. Yes. I think so, too. Uh, Como came back after getting hurt in the opener on November the 1st. Yes. Right? It was mm-hmm. the Colorado game? No. No, no, no. He skated. Sorry. It, you know, it, it was, was in Montreal. It was, it was at home against Saturday. Montreal. Yeah. So, but the point is, that was November 2nd. He got hurt October 3rd. Yes. It was a month. Yes. So, yeah. so what did the Stars do without John Klingberg for a month? If again, we're speculating, he said at least two weeks, but two yeah. to four weeks maybe. I mean, it, that's he's. I know that he hasn't been at the John Klingberg levels that we've expected over the last few years, but he still eats up huge minutes. Yeah, it's it, it's a challenge, and it's it's frankly, it's, this team went through it last year. I mean, you, I don't know if you heard on the post game. I tried I to. Did. I asked I asked Monty if it's something where he, not that you want to be in that spot, but if he feels, and he's in a better spot because 
He's got uh, Hishkin and, and Lindell playing in a, at, a, at, a, at a place right now where he knows they can handle yeah. it. Like, they're, I, oh, I they're feel, playing incredible. Like, scoring glitches aside on yeah. the game sheets. Yeah. Like, yeah, those were some bad scoring. It kept changing like, and yeah. it was weird, but, but oh well. But, like, last year when Klingberg got hurt and broke his hand, it was kind of one of those things where the Stars went into it, and there was kind of, a, I think, a legit fear for the organization of, yes. uh, this may be, we may be done, we may be done. And now with what they have, with... They could the be really fans. lucky with the timing with yes. less, not a lot of games played mm-hmm. in the next four days. Yes. And possibly Andre Secker coming back to be in a better position yeah. to handle this. So, yeah. So Here's my question to you, Sean. Okay. With Klingberg out. Yeah. Miro's unit, or Miro on the other unit, is going to be the top power play unit. You know, as far as Miro's going to get more power play time. Yeah. Great. No problem with that. He looks amazing. Yeah. Do you put Essa on another unit or keep him on there with Miro? And do you elevate Taylor Fadoon? Because, as you and I remember, he was a big power play guy in Oklahoma City in the AHL. I know it's a different level, but he knows how to do it. Or do you look for Andre Sekera because he also can do it if he's healthy? Um, I would put Fadoon there. I, I would give Fadoon a try at it because, A, I think there's a certain level of rewarding good play right now. I agree. I think there's rewarding play. And the other thing that I think that works with bringing Fadoon on that spot, um, and this is something where I'm trying to remember who brought this up to me last year, but um, one of when when they were trying to replace Klingberg on the power play last year, which is when he was out. And it, it was it, when he was gone it was awful. And it did not it did not go very they well. They were horrible well, last one year. One thing that, that someone pointed out to me, I'm trying to remember who was when Fadoon was on it, there was at least less mispasses because Fadoon is a righty. Yes. And that is something where they're so used to having a righty run things. And by having They were used to having a guy yes. right handed at the point. Yes. And so passes that would probably be better placed for on his forehand. On his forehand yeah. and things like that. So I would give the chance to Fadoon. I also now I know Secker has done it a bit in the past, and we just I also haven't seen much of it yet this year to right. say that's well, what I want. Him. He's just behind Klingberg, Lindell, and Haskin, and so of course you haven't seen a ton of so it. So I I would give put I would give Fadoon some a chance in that spot and and see what happens. All right, we need to go to the lightning round. Stars yes. win the game four to one. Bishop faces twenty one shots in the third period, thirty two yes. for thirty two in the final forty minutes. For a shaky start and some, oh, Bishop doesn't look so great tonight, he actually ended up with a great game. No, yeah, a really strong finish for him. What at was the it, 36 end. of 37? 36 of 37, yeah. Uh, fabulous, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of it, really good. Uh, chalked the, the unsettled part to lack of exposure to action early in the game, would you say? Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, it's time for us to go to the lightning round, and we're already at Sean's house because we had 30 minutes of content. We could have yeah. kept going. So it's time for us to rattle off a few and I, I don't know about you but I'm ready for bed so yeah all right we'll do what we can um the first one we got was five hours ago five hours wow chef chelios wrote in when you probably remember this it was about globe life oh yeah when the xfl folds which of course they haven't even started yet why not explore a globe life renovation for the stars gut the stadium keep the facade and give the stars their own arena they deserve it, plus it would be cool to have Texas Live close by for pre- and post-game celebrations. I will not argue with the Texas Live. It's very cool. But no, they're not moving out of downtown Dallas. I'm, is he being facetious? I don't know. Because what do you that's, think? 
I mean, I think I feel like he's being facetious. I think so, but it would be cool to be near Texas Live. But that's look, they, they're the renovating Dallas, the, the building. The Dallas Stars aren't moving to Arlington. No, and they're renovating that arena or that stadium for football and uh, soccer for the uh, USL One League uh, North Texas Soccer Club. And the other thing too is that's not conducive for hockey. And the other thing too, if they could turn that into an indoor building. They would play baseball in there. The baseball team wouldn't be leaving. So yeah. Anyway, so. all right. So Trex Twenty writes, "What do you think Colorado's reasoning was when they decided to challenge the third goal? It seemed pretty thin. That no, no, that's a big risk." I think we kind of went over that. I do too. All yeah. right, Carl. Hashtag Carcast because somebody else wrote, "What's the point of penalizing failed challenges when the refs are going to even up the power plays anyway?" It's an interesting point, but that's. Not really. I don't think the referees intentionally made it eight to seven. I think the stars made some bad decisions with their stick work tonight. I mean, the even up happens. It does. I, I do think the even the even. And up, I hate that. Yeah, but it does happen. Um, referees and I've yelled at this for yeah, years. Yeah. When they try to stay out of a game by giving you even penalties or keeping, you know, oh that was a bad call, so I'll make up. By doing that, you are actually getting more involved in the game. The even up happens, but I also think that, and I don't know this for a fact because I haven't actually talked to an NHL referee about this, but um, I do think, I have a feeling that the challenge-induced penalty the referees would kind of not look at as part of their ledger. Okay. I, I just, like, as one of those where if there's... If the penalties are if the, if the penalties are five two just just mm-hmm. figure and, and two of those penalties are because the team failed challenges yeah the referees are probably in their mind looking at it as a three two penalty game yeah that's kind of how they should yeah I mean look again automatic ones puck over the glass uh, technically playing with a broken stick yeah uh, high sticking ones yeah right they should be easy yeah and you sh- it should just be calling the game. I don't care if one team gets nine. If they're undisciplined, that's what the game calls for, right? Yes. All right. Anyway, um, Galpagas, so proud of the Stars for not collapsing with a late goal in the first and winning to get back to 500. I agree with that. His car crash question. I've got a game-used puck and noticed that the puck looks different and sleeker than the official pucks from last season. Do you know the story behind the change? Now, Sean, he sent a picture in, and... I see a different looking logo, but I really can't tell depth. Can you? No, I mean one one puck looks more worn than the other. It looks really chewed up. Um, I really can't. It does. Yeah, one looks a lot nicer just because yeah. it's less torn yeah. apart. I can't really I mean, see. Anything some pucks have a longer lifespan than others. So yeah. It's, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. One gets yeah. what flipped out of play after one face off, yeah. and one plays yeah. five minutes or who knows. Yeah. AJ writes in, still haven't seen the best from Sagan, Ben, and Klinger. How good could this team be if these guys find their group? Monty actually made a comment about that tonight, saying, I think there's a lot of room for improvement because of some of our individual players, in spite of how well we're playing right now, and that's encouraging. Yes. Coach Kitchen, early starts, great goaltending and puck luck. These are my three keys to climb back to 500. What are, uh, he mentions you and me, three keys to come back. Do you have three specific keys? Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. Three keys to come back. Like, I'm sorry. He's probably talking about going from 1-7-1 and one to 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. Um, Well, I mean, the goaltending's been... Better got, starts is important. Yeah, but the goaltending's been better. 
the I mean it's the it's the it's the it's it's, it's the, Dennis Gurionov and Rope Henson. It's it's the it's the it's the depth scoring and it's the other thing that's big tonight that I think is kind of understated because of look who scored the goals tonight. Yes. Jason Dickinson scored his first of the season. Fox, Fox has scored his second and third of the season. Uh third and fourth? Third and fourth, third and fourth, sorry. Ter- okay. Perry scores second of the year, first yes. as a Dallas star in Dallas. Yes. Kind of cool. The amount of I didn't hear anybody booing Corey Perry's goal tonight. Did you? No, I didn't. Are we? Can we move fast this now? Yes. The all the Stars fans yeah. that won't buy tickets because Corey Perry's on the team. Yeah, I don't know if those people still exist or if I those were just. I think they're out uh, there. The the silent minority. I don't know. Anyway, their loss. Chris writes in. Christopher writes in. Is there a scenario where Dallas moves past December first and holds on to Honka's rights and then keeps him for next year due to his recent performance in Finland? So the answer to the first part of the question is 100% yes. There is a scenario where they hold on to his rights past December 1st. If the Stars, if come to November 30 or 31 days in November? Not 30. So if it comes November 30th and the only offer has been a fifth-round pick, Jim Nill isn't just going to trade Honka because of a December 1st deadline. And because he's playing in Europe, they still hold his, maintain his rights they, in North America. They still hold his rights. And... Um, and Hong is an interesting case because I know some people brought up when they saw that the injury, they said, well, now does this mean that the Stars could bring Honka back? With um, Technically, yes. Te- technically. They'd have to sign him to a contract. Technically, yes. However, this happened last year. Klingberg got hurt, and the coaching staff was... With Honka sp- already signed and yes. there. And this was a spot where the coaching staff wanted Honka to step up and grab that role. Honka did not do what the coaching staff wanted and never and, and then kind of fell off the radar. Honka, the other thing, too, about what Julius is, and I actually, so I, I watched the last two, I watched Julius's last two games recently. I'm in Finland, and he is playing well over there. The other thing is, it's really big, it's it's the ice, If, if maybe some people saw the highlight of his goal the other day, the ice is so large and so wide. Was it 15 feet wider? It's 15 feet wider. Yeah. There's so much more space for the puck. Um, he is, he's in a spot where... It's not really what what he does over there for me. It has no impact of what he would do in an NHL game. I yeah. just, just just to be just to be completely frank, it has no impact of what he would do in an NHL game. I have no I have no I have no reason to say look oh look he scored that goal off a off a one timer in Finland. Well, I, I I just don't think his playing Finland is going to impact his future with the Stars. He's done playing for the Stars. He's going to be moved at some point. Because it's possible, Sean, that if he continues to play well, he'll get some attention from other NHL teams. Yes, yes, but it's for a possible trade. But he's not the Stars. He's not part of the Stars' long-term plan. He's not part of this coaching staff long-term plan. And and this coaching staff now isn't going anywhere right now because they've the ship's been righted. Mm-hmm. So. All right, moving on. Ryan writes in with Klinger out two weeks. Do our little D Stars dress the recently and conveniently present Sergei Zubov <laughs> asking for a friend? But in all serious, serious, I think he meant in all seriousness. He just yeah. wrote, but in all serious, that's why I stumbled over it. Maybe this also means they'll finally retire the man's 56. A? He actually wrote that, so I had to do the Canadian A. A? A? A. Um, look, the Stars defenseman, Sergei Zuboff, is going to be into, inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. In, later in November, right? Correct. I believe it's a couple weeks. A couple weeks, yeah. So that's great. There may be something planned in the future, but let's let him be a hockey hall of famer first. Yes. Um, 
But no, but to answer the point, 56 should be hanging in the rafters. Agreed. Yeah, 50, they, they, they can do it. They, can they do will. It. They should do it. I think they will. Yes. I don't know any any insides in it as yes. well. I don't know if you do. Yes. I presume that they will. And for a little while, there was a little bit of the complication of he was coaching in Russia, so it was hard to – but his right. schedule's a little bit more open right now. So. Stefan writes in, so with Klinger out for two weeks, who's going to come up? They seem to need a right-handed defenseman, which would mean Joe Ciccone, or will Handedness not play into this as much? So here's what – so – Interesting situation. Couple so, of scenarios. So here. lots of things to play out. Let me let me let me go through a couple you things. Want to do the Joel Hanley first? I'm gonna do. You want to do the Sakura? Okay. Anyway, go ahead. So let me go through this real quick. First of all, I'm assuming Sakura plays on Sunday. That would be the easiest stopgap for the Dallas Stars. So I'm assuming Sakura plays on yeah. Sunday. The the waiver gymnastics with Joel Hanley are done because um, they had been playing the waiver gymnastics with Joel Hanley where. 30 days, because once he gets 30 days, he has to go through waivers again. I thought that they, a healthy Dallas Stars, send uh, Joel Hanley down after tonight's game. Yes, healthy they would. Right, healthy if Klingler didn't but, get but, hurt. But Joel Hanley is now staying up with the team. Um, he's not going to go anywhere because if because uh, he is now one of their top six defensemen. Um, Do you think that if they got a healthy top seven, that they would risk him putting in waivers now? It depends on when the injury happens. Depends on when. when, guys, when yeah. yeah, I know. So, um, Hanley, and it also depends on how other teams are in the league. It's one of those where you could, you could look at and see. But so, Joel Hanley will will hit the 30 days and, or 10 games in the NHL roster soon. Um, so he's on right because here's the thing: technically, he's at 28 days in the NHL. They could send him down, mm-hmm. have him come back up for the trip, and hit 29 for the Winnipeg game on Sunday. So here's here's the other thing. But okay. then the problem is that they'll need a defenseman. On Wednesday in Calgary, and so then it would be 30, and that's it, right? Doesn't so. Hanley's playing Sunday. That's 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 the moral of the story. Unless Roman Polak magically appears, and he's not. And he's not. So Hanley's playing Sunday. Sunday. Hanley's yeah. playing on the road trip. Sekera's playing on the road trip. Yeah. I'm assuming Sekera's playing Sunday. So that's your six. That's your six. If Sekera doesn't play, maybe you're calling someone up. Here's the fascinating thing about this. Everyone okay. says, "Oh, the Stars need someone for the road trip. They need someone for the road trip. They need someone for the road trip." Maybe they don't. Here's why. Is it because the Texas Stars are in Canada? Not only are the Texas Stars in Canada. <laughs> they're in the same province. They're in Manitoba. In the same city, in the same so, building. So the Dallas Stars play Sunday against Winnipeg. The one, Texas one Stars, game. The Texas Stars play Manitoba at 4 on Monday. The next afternoon. The next afternoon. Veter, uh, not Veterans Day. What is that Veterans Day? Um, the 11th, right? Yeah, the 11th. That's so, Veterans Day. So, And then the Texas Stars play Manitoba on Wednesday as well. So, when the Stars are in Calgary. In Calgary. So, assuming they're not going to change the lineup. It's very convenient, isn't they it? They don't need to call anyone up for the road trip. At least not for the first not part. Not for the first part. Maybe you could call someone up at the end. And the other thing is, you think about who you're going to call up, and you think about what they're going to do when they get called up. That, to me, is big. Because the role of which they're being asked to because, play. So, if they're going to be called up just to practice and watch the game from the press box... It may be Reese Scarlett. Okay. It might be Reese Scarlett. It might be Gavin Bayreuther. Um Not Hetherington. He's been hurt. Yeah. He hasn't played the last two games. So okay. I don't know. I don't know his status. Could be Hetherington. But right it, again, it, those it, guys it, like Sicconi. You want to play? Yeah. He hasn't played a. He's this is his first year uh, full pro. year pro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we like where Joe Sicconi's going. Yes. 
but he might not be ready for that call up. Timing yeah. is important with pro- with prospects. Yes, and so I don't think Joe Sacconi is ready for that spot, and I don't, I don't think you need to call him up just to watch. And the other thing too, just because this is the this is the fact of the matter, and why guys are signed this way, you call up Joe Sacconi, he's close to a million dollars with bonuses because of LTIR. You call up Reese Scarlett, you call up Dylan Hetherington. No problem. Minute, league minimum. And the cap is going. The cap determines a lot of stuff right Don't now. But you also have a potential for Bayreuther or Gleason yes. out there as well. But you might yeah, see that. Yeah, no, I know, but, I know, yeah. I know. I'm just saying yeah. potential. I'm not yeah. saying the degree of potential. I will right. say. I will say this about Ben Gleason and uh, Emil Juice, and the, uh, when they're paired together in Texas, it is a high event hockey for both sides. That's not always a good thing. No. All right. That has gotten us to the call for questions. Oh wow. So thank you for all those that sent them in before we actually said, hey, reminder, we're about to, to record. So now we got to really get in the lightning round. Okay, we're going to go quick. Crawdaddy, what would you call your favorite hockey sound? I'm very partial to the goaltender stick being banged on the ice at the end of a penalty. That's an interesting one. One of my favorites is the slap shot off the post. That ding, which everyone knows is, means you're real close to a goal. That's a fun one. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I like that one. It's funny. So the flip side of it is actually... Um, Goaltenders like that sound, too. Yeah, you, you like that sound as a goalie because it's something where... Um, the others, it didn't go in. The other sound that you just learn to listen... And this is just kind of a thing where... Um, that I always liked play, playing the game and playing goalie was... You hear the sound of someone shooting from the point. Like it, it's a, a lot of times... Um, when you're trying to look around a screen, you're trying to track a puck and look around a screen. If you can't hear it, you're listening for a shot. And that's a sound to me that's always been, whether it's the, the slap shot or whatever it is, you're listening for that to come through. And so that's kind of just a thing. That's a random a little sound that I've always liked and you listen for and you hear. And um, and then the other thing, too, is I, I like I love the sounds of I like the sound of like a morning skate in like an empty building. Like mm-hmm. I love hearing the the shh, shh, the, the ice and, yeah. and the blades. So yeah, so um, I don't like the missed shots slamming off the boards. No, that's, especially yeah. when you're standing behind those aforementioned yeah. boards. I love the sounds of the crowd, the ooh after a scoring chance that where the shot and then the oh as it goes wide. I love the roar before the goal horn goes off if there's a goal. I just that whole it's like an ocean and there's I actually, fun... I actually I do know my favorite sound. Um, I always changes mine. I know I realize I'm now thinking about it. my favorite sound is the sound when a road team wins a playoff game in overtime, where where feel, the place loses their where mind. Every, everything goes no no with a road team. Oh the road oh everything goes where silent. everything goes silent and all you can hear is the is, woos of the uh, yes like it is such a cool eerie. Sound all at the same it's, time. It's jubilant and sadness all yes. combined. Yes. Fair enough. Um, because of the home team wins, you can't hear anything yeah. other than, ah! Yeah. Jason writes in, do you think all the injuries risk killing the momentum slash chemistry that has been formed during the recent eight games, or does it create the famous adversity that everyone needs a team, that says a team needs? Well, it definitely creates adversity. Uh, it creates risk, of course. It of course yeah. does, yeah. yeah. So, so, yes. Yes. Uh, Hunter. Hate to put a damper on another great win, but is it 
Is this the most unlucky team with injuries? And what are your go-to alcohol beverages if you indulge? Boy, two very different questions. It's not the most unlucky. I mean, look at the team they played tonight. Look at look at the injuries. Other over there. teams are getting injury problems and dealing with it. So no, and, this is not the most and, at and all. Other teams are been dealing with injury problems of players that let's be honest. Miko Rantanen is a much bigger loss for Colorado than than some of the injuries Dallas has dealt with. I'll do respect to the Dallas Stars players. Yes. Yeah. Um, Antonin and Landeskog, you can see a difference. I mean, yes. folks, the Avalanche were oh, uh, the last team in the NHL to suffer a regulation loss. 7-0-1 their first eight. They are 1-5-1 since. Yep. They're getting close to Dallas Stars levels in reverse. Yes. Showing why those two players mean so much to them. Yes. Um, oh, the alcohol. Alcoholic beverages? I like a lot of different ones. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an overindulger mm-hmm. that much these days. <laughs> I'd like to think so. But I uh, I have an affinity for a lot of them. But if you ask me what I wanted... I mean, the circumstance... It's circumstantial. Circumst- yeah. It's like George Costanza, the yeah. many moods, right? Yes. Uh, long day, a lot of work, maybe a nice cold beer on a hot yeah. afternoon or just taste, hits the spot. Later at night, uh, a good whiskey yeah. or some scotch. I'm, a, I'm yeah. kind of into scotch these days. I like darker beers. I like beers with flavor, and I'm not a big bitter beer fan, so I'm not an IPA guy. So, um, like, I like Shiner. Mm -hmm. I like Newcastle Brown Ale. I don't mind the darker beers, like a a good Guinness. I like Guinness a lot. I really like Guinness. I'm a big... Guinness, they're done right, though. Oh, yeah. Not all Guinness is... uh, Not all all Guinness is done right. Done the same. Um... The uh, Guinness uh, in London was fun. Yeah, I, I had Guinness in Dublin this summer. Yeah, that you got me one up there. That was tremendous. I'm a big fan of like porters and stouts. Big fan of. I like I I I like some. It's like it's more of a meal, mm-hmm. so you have to enjoy it differently. You can't drink ten of them. Not no, that I'm not, looking for ten, but yeah, it's a heavier drink. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's you know there's a bunch of different the, ones the, out the there. The whiskey is the whiskey is another one for me too. I'm a big fan of the whiskey. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah quite a bit. <laughs> Two thumbs up. Uh, although I have tried some pretty expensive. One of my neighbors uh, had this expensive scotch, but it was very smoky. Mm-hmm. Not a big fan of the smoky scotch. Okay. Because it literally feels like you're drinking a charcoal briquette. Yeah. Uh, that's not my thing. I like the smoother. Uh, big fan of the Macallan. Not an endorsement, but I like it. Um, so that's a good one. Uh, I had a rye whiskey that yeah. was actually quite good. Yeah. I like so. I, I I like I'm a big not huge huge wino but I like the uh, I like wine I'm I mean, more red than white yeah more red um I like uh, I like dry wine yes I don't dry. like sweet wine at all yeah um, I really the drier the better I like the sweeter a, I like I, wine I, with a bite I really do like port wine which is which that's is different which that's is like sweeter. a dessert yeah it's like a dessert wine obviously it's cognac that's, or port that's yeah. that's another that's another heavy one too so. well it's different yeah yes. okay yeah. so yeah. basically we like something that kicks us in the ass. Yes. <laughs> All right, moving on, because we could do alcohol for too long, apparently. Andrew writes in, Pavs is starting to look really good for the Stars. I knew the haters would be proven wrong. That was in parentheses. Do you think so, uh, Do you think something specifically has ha- helped him start to mesh, or was it just a matter of time? Um, I don't think – so here's the thing. I think the only thing that's different for Joe Pavelski is he's been put with – he's been put in a spot where – guys know how to play with him a little bit more because I think he still doesn't have the goals. Like he only has three goals in, in 17, 16 games now. Who? No. How many games do the stars have now? 17, 17. He only has three goals in 17 games. So that's still not there yet, but I think he's well, done he's getting the, closer. 
I think though he's done those little things really well throughout, and he's found and other guys have figured out how to play with him and realize that if they get open, he'll find them. Here's the thing that I think is very important to remember with Joe Pavelski. I was watching uh, on the fly on NHL Network uh, a couple days ago. Okay. I think it was, I can't remember if it was Mike Rupp or Jody Shelley. They were talking about Pavelski and said, "Listen, he spent his entire career in San Jose. We've said this before." Yeah. He said. He's used to playing with certain types of players, but he's a utility player. He, they said in San Jose, the offense ran through Joe Pavelski. With Dallas, they have other guys where the offense goes yeah. through. So he's still finding his roles within yeah. this offense, but they called him a utility player. So instead of saying, well, he's, he tips pucks, put him in front of the net. We've seen he's good in a lot of different yeah. spots. It's just about finding the right Thing that works at various lines, and I think we've started to see that. So I'm very encouraged because the first few games it looked like the fit wasn't great. Yep. And you're going, oh, three years, seven million a year. What is, is this going to be a good idea? Patience. He's never changed teams in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, Ardell is. Uh, this is a little bit of a multifaceted question. Okay. We've already. He said, is defensive depth the real concern in the short term? Any D-men in Cedar Park you like? We've talked a little bit about that. I recently read Shapiro's Dallas Stars book and really enjoyed it. Oh, that's so oh, nice. Oh, thank you. Will Madonna ever get a street or statue downtown? That's an interesting question because question. Dirk Nowitzki now has a street, right? Uh, and knowing Cuban, he'll probably get a statue too. <laughs> and there's room in the plaza if you want to start of, popping up room statues. Pop up statues. Does Mike Madonna deserve? I mean, he's been has jersey retired. I guess the question is, are the stars going to? start becoming statue i mean you've been to staples center it's statues everywhere statues everywhere um by the way we said this was gonna be a quick round we lied um here's here's my it's not happening like i don't i don't it's not gonna happen they're they're not gonna go they've done done what they were gonna do with i I think i think they're pretty much done with they've done everything that you're right they're pretty much done with retired he's had his number retired he's moved on with his life he's in minnesota um not only so here's the other thing about Dirk and and his and I don't I didn't cover the Mavericks and things like that so I don't have the full insight that someone who covered the Mavericks might but the other thing about Dirk um and his street and all of that stuff and and maybe part of this is just the NBA persona where guys are able to have more of their persona Dirk was a very bigger face of the community than Madonna ever was well let's speak about faces yeah. first and foremost in hockey you have half of your stuff covered now yeah. Madonna played without a visor yeah. It's a different era, and so he's much more uh, recognizable than most NHL stars. Now, it's harder to see them. Just like in football, you have all this stuff on. But But Madonna also never – And there's five guys on the court instead of having 20 guys. I mean, you you don't play 12 deep on your NBA bench. And I I know Dirk just retired, but Madonna didn't have that – I'm a Dallasite for life and never going anywhere, which Dirk has kind of said multiple times. Yeah. uh, yeah, Dirk could have chased a championship late in his career, and, and, and the, he chose not to. And, and the other thing, too. And Madonna, I don't think, wanted to leave, but yeah. then got sent off. Yeah. Anyway, that's definitely... And also, don't hear... Here's the other thing. That's also tough, because he went through the uh, ownership problems and change at the end, which was and not that, a great and, way and to and do here, it. No, and this is the most important thing, I think, actually. Okay. Think about the power of the owners for the two teams. Yeah. Mark Cuban. If yeah. Mark Cuban wants to get a street around the arena... He's going to get a street around the arena. Yep. Um, 
Also, I don't think Tom Gallardi feels like he owes anything to Mike Madonna. Well, he didn't own the team when Mike Madonna was there. Aaron from Defending Big D asks, who on a typical NHL coaching staff is responsible for knowing the intricacies of video review rules? Video coach? Video coach and the head coach should know most of it. Like they really should, no excuses, yeah, right? No, there's no excuses. So Jim writes in, "What's the best sing-along songs you know, and can you send tweet groups any more suggestions for playing those?" Hashtag habitual line stepper. So you don't want to know what sing-along songs are in my head right now because I have a 15-month-old, and so the sing-along songs in my head. I think you ask me sing-along songs, and I'm thinking have of. Have been listening to Raffy? No. You know who Raffi is? I know is? who Raffi is, but like... How many people nowadays know... Raffi's yeah. a thing when I was a kid. Yeah, Raffi was a thing when we had the tape in the car. Yeah, and like that. long time like, ago. Like, right now, sing along song in my head means head, shoulders, knees, and toes. And right, stuff or like, uh, like Sesame Street, C is for cookies. Yes, exactly. So I, I'm, I'm a terrible person to ask this question right now. Yeah. Um, I like I like that what they're trying to do. The weirdest thing is... The Say It Ain't So, the is that, Blink-182, yeah. right? Yep. How is that a sing-along song? I mean, okay, they do it. They've yeah. been doing it lately, fine. Um, I'm not a big country music fan, but I like the Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. I've got friends in low places sing-along better. It feels because, like a rip-off. You think? It feels like... It feels like uh, it feels Why, because St. Louis does Country Roads by John Denver? Yeah. It's not even the same... Thing, a different uh, artist. I don't know, but it just it feels very. Uh, yeah, but the th- it is, but the fans like again. I know the, the I Blink know. one is more unique, but it's not a great sing along. As long as long as they don't go and rip off the St. Louis Power Play thing, it's fine. What's the St. Louis Power Play thing? No, this is it's Cowcast, so I can't really demonstrate it. But oh, basically, here we go. They, they do this awkward thing with their hands where they look like crabs, and they basically put their hands up like. I need to describe this. You put your arms next to your face like a plug. And then you then you put your hands up and down like this. That just looks weird. And it, and basically, supposedly they are plugging in for the power play. Oh, ugh. it is terrible. That's awful. It is terrible. And you're complaining about Garth Brooks. I, I'm not complaining. Hey, about get it. used to it. Yeah. They're gonna be there's gonna be a lot more yeah. sing-alongs with Garth. It's not the worst country song you could pick. There, you know what the other thing is people don't realize is all these people complain. They're, they're all they're they're just they're just prepping you all so that you're when. The Winter Classic is announced. There's going to be a lot of country. There's going to be a lot of country at the Winter Classic. By the way, um, a great sing-along song. I'm a New England native. I grew up in Maine, so I cheered for all the Boston sports teams because that was our local major league clubs. You know where I'm going with this. It's the one. It's Sweet the one, Caroline. Like the university. Neil Diamond. It's Univ- a great sing-along song, and they do it in the seventh inning stretch. Or do they? No, I think it's before that. Uh, I can't even remember what inning it is anymore, but it's great. It's a great. It's uh, another one. It's another one that's been ripped off by everyone from New England, like the university. So I went to Bowling Green, and yep. they do that between the second period of all the hockey games, and they do it. They did it during the third, during the, in, between the third and fourth quarter of football really games. Really cool. Everyone rips it off. Really cool sing along uh, in the MLS. I discovered this year in Minnesota. Okay. Uh, Minnesota United sings the Oasis song Wonderwall. Okay. After the game, if they win. Mm-hmm. And the whole place sings it, and they have one of the ends behind one of the goals is they call it the wall. It's like a really yeah. steep stand where the fans are right on top of the play, yeah. and it's really cool. It's a great looking uh, Allianz Stadium is up or fields up there in in Minneapolis, in, St. Paul. Didn't Man City do that after they won the title too? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think he's. I think. Um, Trying to blank on his name, but yeah. Oh God, the Oasis guys. Um, Oh, Anywho, okay, Oasis, anyway. keep going. Yeah, I think they're Man City fans. Um, 
Neil? No. Neil? No, it's not Neil. I was making a joke. Keep going. I, know, I can't remember Keep either. Going. Florian writes in, Haskin and Darlene Hughes McCarr, who will be the best? I know I'm figuring. Um, Haskin and... I mean, it says which one. You don't have to pick an order, just which one. Haskin and Darlene Hughes McCarr. I'm thinking he's it's Quinn Hughes, right? Yeah. Um, of the four defensemen. They're, they're all going to be great defensemen. I think Miro's going to be the best. Yeah. Uh, um, call me a homer if you want on this one. Darlene's going to win more Norris trophies. You think? Because he plays on the East Coast. And he, and start, he scores more points. And he scores more points. And that's Miro's going to be one of the best. Yeah, no, my, my, my point is not... You think he's going to be the Drew Doughty where he's clearly the best overall defenseman but doesn't get the Norris nods as much? Like P.K. Subban has more, and I think Doughty is by far a better yes, defenseman. Yes, yes. Fair? Okay. Maybe, yeah, that's probably a fair way to look at it. Zoe writes in, so was the stick broken? Yes. Melissa, last question of the card cast. I can't believe we went this long in the lightning round. Will we get to hear from Zubov at all during his upcoming time in North America slash with the stars? Thoughts on the season so far, life, career updates, etc. So the question I'm going to ask you is, so Sean, as the Dallas contingent hockey writer for The Athletic, are you pursuing that avenue? Yeah. Can uh, we talk about that, or is that a surprise? Um, we, no, we... Stars PR came over tonight to tell us kind of the update of Zubov's here and yep. everything like that. And I did ask the question of, so are you the people I go through to talk to him? So um, it's something that we will uh, hopefully do. Um, I would love to hear him wax poetically about five on three because the Stars, that's one of the things that they have not done well. And I know he has strong opinions about that. It will be interesting to see how talkative he is to it because he is someone who, even when he played, did not... He wasn't a jerk, but he just didn't like talking to the media. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see how much that's changed. I'd love now. to hear his thoughts on Miro and how he plays. Mm -hmm. Because, again, Zubov had this effortlessness about him. Yeah. How he played. And I, there's something about the way Miro plays that just makes it look so easy. All right, that's it for episode 84 of the CarCast, the Mikhail Grabowski episode. Sean, we won't have one for two weeks. A while, yeah. Four road games, and then another slew around before and after Thanksgiving. So mm -hmm. lots more, but we're going to see a lot of the Canadian clubs in the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. It'll be uh, It's going to be a big stretch for the Stars, obviously. Four road games against uh, all, Western, yeah, all Western Conference Canadian teams, and it's a stretch where depth will be tested and... Um, we're going to learn a lot about how they adjust because you're looking at a game Sunday. Obviously, we're not just no John Klingberg. Obviously, still no more Rope hints for that game, too, probably. So, big stretch for the Stars as they kind of – now they're 500. Can they get above that line? A final thought on that. For the first time since opening night, the Stars will go into a game with a chance to have a winning record mm -hmm. for the season. Yeah, that's big. Mind blow. Not really. All right, enjoy the rest of your – Night, week, week and a half until we do another car cast, which will be episode 85, and I can't wait to see who wears 85.